0: I get the sense that there are three main reasons that people get good at public speaking. The first is to make money. People who are good at speaking tend to make $3,000 more a year than their coworkers. What would you do right now if you had $3,000 in your pocket? The second is to change something. Public speaking is the quickest road to activism there is. People will say that actions speak louder than words, but words spoken in public are action. Words can inspire action and lead people to change the systems they live in. There's not much that's ever been changed for the better in this world without someone saying something. And the third reason that people get good at this is because it's terrifying. People on average fear public speaking more than they fear dying. The people who tackle it and who get really good at it are daredevils. They're not much different from anyone who goes skydiving or who keeps a pet tarantula. Public speaking is thrill-seeking. And that adrenaline rush that comes when you stand up in front of an audience is intoxicating. It never stops being terrifying. But it does, eventually, become addicting. This is Intro to Public Speaking. Hi, I'm Daniel Thompson. This is my first year at Langston University. And I know for a lot of you, it's your first year too. And I think that's pretty neat. A lot of years ago, I was starting my undergraduate degree and my first class on a real college campus was public speaking. I remember being nervous in part because I was a homeschool kid and I wasn't sure how good I would be at public speaking. And partly because there was a family of wasps that lived in the back of the classroom. I decided to sit in the front of the classroom. There's a couple things that you ought to know about me. So the first one is, yeah, I've been on this campus maybe a few extra days than you have, but I've been teaching public speaking for three years. It's my favorite class to teach and the only class I've ever taught, but I'm getting real good at it. I love public speaking and I use it more frequently than you'd think. The most recent occasion that I used public speaking where I really dug in was the job interview to be here with you today. It's a funny thing preparing to speak for a job interview and it's something that we're going to practice in this class. In fact it will be the last project that we take on in this class before we leave for the end of the semester in Christmas break 16 weeks from now. The last thing you need to know about me and you'll be learning a lot more as we go on through the semester, is that I'm your ally in this process. A lot of people see teachers as people who assign grades. I am not I am not that sort of person. Yes, I will be giving you grades, but you will be earning them. I am here to help you overcome the challenges that this class poses. And this class does pose some unique and interesting challenges. Over the course of the semester, you will give six speeches. Now, what that's going to look like, I'll get into as we continue, but in the process of giving six speeches, you're going to become incredibly comfortable with giving public speeches, number one, and number two, you're going to get good at it, like I was talking about in the introduction. This class is about getting you used to the idea of public speaking. A lot of other classes aren't like this. You know, A history class has you write essays. Uh, An English class is much the same way. In math, you'll do some of it. But in this class, you really will dive in and just learn by doing. So it's a little different from other classes in that um, I'm talking to you through a podcast. I know there's a lot of people who are going with Zoom right now. And I know that most classes were, before the virus, supposed to be in person. So this is a different formula. But I think it's going to work. One, because it encourages me to dive into the same public speaking skills that you all will be diving into. And two, using a podcast allows you guys to listen to this anytime you want. You don't have to show up for class at a specific time. You can listen to this while driving, while folding laundry, while taking care of siblings. I wanted to make you all a podcast because I felt like it would be the best possible option for you. And that's how I'm going to do this whole semester is trying to make decisions that benefit you all. And I'm gonna be asking you a lot of questions sometimes about what I can do to help this semester be better for you. Because I believe that you all have a lot of potential inside of you. Langston University is this incredible place. I've been to places that didn't care about their students one bit, but Langston, the people here, they care. And they know that the students that come here become incredible people. Already are incredible people, but when they leave this place, they go out and they change the world. Public speaking is a way to change the world, and I want to give you the tools to do that. Here are a couple of the things you're going to need for this semester. One, you're going to need the textbook. The title is A Speaker's Guidebook, and the author's name is Dan O'Hare. And what you got to do is go to the campus bookstore, you just walk up to it, and you ask the people there for the textbook and they'll just hand it to you. You've probably already been made aware, but the cost of the books has already been taken out of your student fees, so you don't have to pay anything. You just go and you pick up your textbook. It will be important that you do that. Please do that this first week. The second thing that you'll need are some apps. I posted a little bit about the app called Remind. This is one of the major ways I'm gonna communicate with you all this semester. It's kind of like a text messaging app, like WhatsApp or GroupMe. This allows me to send messages to all of you and for you to send messages back to me in a text-like formula. So if you hate emailing, this is going to be fantastic. It's gonna be really useful. And this is how I'm going to help you all keep on track with your assignments. So please download, well, I don't think you actually have to download an app. I think all you have to do is text the code to the number provided. I have posted that on the home screen of our course. I think that'd be a good thing for you to go ahead and do. The other app that you'll need is Spotify. Spotify is where this podcast goes. You should already know that because the link sent you there. You can use the podcast though on the browser. Um, So that's fine if you wanna listen on a computer that's a-okay and again I'd like you to listen to this podcast towards the beginning of the week but you can do it while doing anything else. This is for your convenience because I know you guys have busy schedules. You have a lot on your plates and I'm just gonna do everything I can to make this course accessible for you. The final thing you need is a mask. Maybe. I'm going to explain in the next session what I mean by that. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by COVID-19. We may be an unthinking, unfeeling viral entity without heart or soul, but we care about you. We want you to enjoy your semester from the comfort of your couch Away from all your friends, family, or any living, breathing, warm thing. Don't lie to yourself. You like it this way. It feels great not having to go to class. Believe me, this is the best college is ever going to get. COVID-19, a proud member of the Zoom family conglomerate. Y'all, I don't gotta tell you, this semester's going to be a little funky. Because of the virus, we're doing things differently this semester. We have what's called a flex class. And what that means essentially is you get to decide how you take this course, whether you want to take it in person or online. But both of those things come with a few restrictions. So I want to dive into what that means. So the first thing that I want to tell you is that attendance in class is not required, okay? You do not have to come to class. If you feel at all uncomfortable with coming to class, don't. In fact, honestly, don't tell anyone I told you this. I don't think you ought to come to class. I think it's kind of dangerous. You know, I've got loved ones who have pre-existing conditions. My wife has asthma. My father-in-law has lung issues. And it's the sort of thing that I'm I'm kind of worried about. If they get it, I don't know what's going to happen. So the virus has got me noticeably a little shook. Now, some of you are gonna have different comfort levels, but I've set up the course to where most, well, frankly, all of the important stuff will happen online. You'll be able to get the lecture material through this podcast. You'll be able to look at PowerPoints that I've uploaded, all the activities you'll be able to do in an online setting. So if you don't wanna come to class, you don't have to. Now, if you do decide that you want to come to class, there are a couple of things that are going to go on with that. Um, The major thing is, well, one, masks, and two, social distancing. And what social distancing means in the class is they're not allowing more than nine students in a classroom at the same time. We're in a class of like 30 people. So what that means is for those of us who want to come to class, we're going to have to come to class on separate days. So normally this class would meet regularly and we'd show up for every day that the class is assigned to meet. But with social distancing, what that means is I'm going to have to split up everyone who wants to show up to class into groups. And those groups will have to meet on separate days. What I've decided is I'm going to use in-class days for things that we really can't do so well online. So discussions will be held in class and Q&A sessions, but I'm going to try to keep those class sessions short and nothing that's going to happen in those class sessions is going to show up on a test. So basically, there's, there's really no benefit to coming to class unless you're just the type of person who needs someone to be in person walking them through some problem that they're having um, to answer questions for them. So if you want to do that, I'm not going to discourage you from coming to class. That is totally your decision, and I will be available to you if you want to do that. But I need to know this week who wants to come to class and who wants to do everything online. Once I know who all is wanting to come to class, I can split you into groups and tell you what days you're able to show up. This means that you might not get to come to class. Well, it definitely means you won't get to come to class every day. You might be coming to class once a week. Or once every two weeks, once every week and a half, something like that. I'll get you on a rotation. I'll make it super clear and easy to know. But what I need you to do is go into the discussion board on D2L and let me know what your decision is. That way I can make the best plans. You could also let me know through Remind or through my email address, which I've also posted there and is in the syllabus. Speaking of D2L, that's where most of the action is going to happen. I've set us up some modules so that you can see everything you need to read and everything you need to do on each week. It's a pretty convenient system. You can kind of go through and see, okay, here are the chapters, here is the PowerPoint, and here is the place where I can upload my assignment. So each week to take attendance, because the university does have an attendance policy, I will take attendance by you posting in the discussion board. This will allow you to get to know your classmates a little bit. You all all are the incoming freshman class after all. It's great to get to know each other. And it lets me see how you're doing a little bit. So that's how we'll take attendance is using that discussion board. That discussion board will also earn you some points periodically. And I'll get into that as we continue. So if you do decide to come to class, masks, limited numbers of people, social distancing. The other thing you need to know is that my office hours are going to be held both in person and virtually, and I'd prefer to do it virtually. So if you need to talk to me about some issue that you're having, some questions that you're having, what you can do is you can email me, you can call me up through Remind, you can text me through Remind, Um, or I can give you my phone number and you can call me on the phone and we can talk through it and I don't mind spending all the time in the world with you all. I think students tend to have a misconception about office hours. I think students generally think that office hours are only for students who are really having trouble. Maybe they think it's for students who aren't that smart or who aren't good at college, but office hours are for everybody. I was a pretty decent student. I'd like to think, and I've spent tons of time in my professor's office hours. It helped me get to know them, helped me kind of zone in on what they wanted and who they were, and it helped me understand the material better. So pro tip, if you want to do well here at Langston University, take advantage of your professor's office hours, and I'm not just talking about me. Go visit your professors in their office. One, they'll feel flattered because they don't have enough to do, and two, you will get, (laughs) you will get a lot of great insight into their classes, who they are, and how to succeed. Most of the good things that I learned from professors, I learned in their offices rather than in their classrooms. I definitely wouldn't be standing here if I hadn't gone to a professor's office hours who told me to go to graduate school and to become a teacher, suggested that might be something I liked. That professor who told me that, by the way, that was my speech teacher from that first semester on the big campus. So, again, please let me know on D2L or via Remind or via email whether you want to come to class or not. And towards the beginning of next semester, uh, not next semester, next week, I will have information on you on, for those of you who do want to come, on what days will be safe for you to join. Now that I've told you a little bit about how we're going to learn this semester, I want to tell you just a little bit about what we'll be learning. This semester, you'll learn how to grab your listeners' attention from the very first words that come out of your mouth and not let it go for your entire speech. You're going to learn how to take your ideas and put them in order so that they stick in your listeners' minds, so that your audience won't be able to stop thinking about them after they've left the room. You're going to learn how to fill your speech with entertaining and convincing evidence, stories that impact their emotions, statistics that impact their reason. You're going to learn how to choose the perfect word, and you're going to learn how to be engaging and riveting with your delivery. That's what I'm going to focus on. That's what we're going to focus on. That's the lifeblood of what we will be doing here. All of this comes down to one major thing. We want a reaction from our audience. And not just any reaction. We want the reaction that we choose for our audiences to have. We want them to come away knowing who we are, appreciating the things we had to say, and maybe, in the most complicated forms of speech, changing their minds about something, going out after our speech and doing something because we said something to them. That is... (laughs) that's the best that's the best thing that we could possibly achieve with this the way that we'll be doing this is through a number of assignments i already mentioned we have six speeches we'll be doing this semester the first one is in week three it's the self introduction speech this is the type of speech you might give when someone's going around the room and you have to really quickly explain who you are explain some part of yourself something that represents you. The second speech that we'll have is called an alternate speech. This will just be to work on your delivery. You'll, it's kinda, I guess students really enjoy, and I've never heard of this before. At the school that I was at previously, students didn't wanna do this, but students here at Langston have a strong tradition of wanting to do spoken word. So this will be your opportunity to read a poem or a spoken word piece and you will just focus on your delivery. You won't have to write the speech. The third will be a speech of demonstration. You'll show us how to do something. The fourth will be an informative speech, which will be kind of like a lecture on a subject that you're familiar with. The fifth and the hardest will be the persuasive speech, We will try to get your audience to change their mind or to go out and do something differently than they did before. And the final speech before we head off to Christmas break will be an interview speech. I just had to give an interview speech. It's an interesting process coming up with a speech. First, got to analyze your audience. you got to think about who you're going to be talking to. Do they know you? Do they not know you? The people I was interviewing with, I was doing it over Zoom. They had never met me before. I had to introduce myself from scratch, and it would have been a lot different if they had known who I was. So you want to think about who your audience is. When you're giving a speech, you you have to select the topic and select it with purpose. What are topics that you know about? What are topics that you're passionate about? And then what do you want the speech to do? You have to determine its purpose. Are you trying to just inform someone? Are you trying to make them appreciate something that maybe they haven't appreciated before? You want to compose a thesis statement. You want to take your idea and you want to boil it down to one sentence that you can say towards the beginning of your speech. If you're able to boil your idea down that simply... It's a good idea. It will be easy for your audience to understand. Then you want to develop the main points. I labored over what types of things I wanted to tell the people who are now my colleagues. What did I want to emphasize about myself? Then you want to gather supporting materials. The greatest supporting material of all time is a well-told story. I talked to them because I was applying for the job in the broadcast communication department, the broadcast journalism department, which, by the way, is the best department on campus. Just a little plug there. I told them about how I used to be a newspaper person. I've worked in four different newspapers. I'm a documentary filmmaker. I filmed rodeos. And golly, if you've never been, like, three feet away from a bull that's just bucked someone off and is still really mad and all you have between you and the bowl is a chain link fence and a camera? Golly, that's an experience. And that's a story. Stories move people. Then you want to separate the speech into its major parts. The introduction, the body, the conclusion. This is all stuff that we're going to learn. you want to outline the speech. you want to organize your ideas so that they'll hit just right. You'll want to consider some presentation aids, PowerPoints or a presentation aid, but I don't like PowerPoints. I prefer physical objects anytime. I remember I had a student come in one time with a trombone. They played the trombone in between giving points of their speech, showing us about how much they loved music. That's way better than a PowerPoint. Then finally, you practice. I practiced the things that I was going to say, even though I didn't know the questions that were gonna be asked during the interview, I practiced potential scenarios so that I would be ready, and I got the job. I'm happy to be here today, and if it weren't for what I knew about public speaking, there's no way I could have been. So we're going to have these six speeches. We're also going to have a couple of exams, but they're gonna be low points. They're worth 75 points a piece. Out of a course of about 1,000 points, that's not too bad. They're gonna be short answer questions, and I'll get into more of that detail once we get to them. Um, They'll happen in the middle and then towards the end of the semester. I already mentioned the discussion boards. That's how I'll take attendance. There will also be some discussion boards that will be worth 10 points apiece, and that will be a really nice way to really dive in. I'll use them most of the time to ask you questions and to talk about different speeches. I love watching other people's speeches. They help us know what we can do better and point out some things that we definitely don't want to do when we're giving speeches. Finally, I'll have a couple surveys that I'll send out. It's really, really important to me that I know how y'all are doing in this course, that I know what things about the course you like or don't like. When I know these things, I'm able to adjust and to make life a little easier on you all. That's my goal here, to give you all fun challenges that help you grow and then to help do everything I can to help you succeed in tackling those challenges. So that's what we're gonna be learning this semester. Those are the ways we're gonna be learning it. That's the stuff we're gonna be doing. I'd like to wrap up by giving you a little bit of direction for where to go next. Go ahead and jump into that discussion board. Introduce yourself, get to know the people in this class. The people you meet in this class, you'll run into them on campus for the rest of your time here. It's worth going ahead and getting to know them. Go ahead and take a peek at chapter one and two. They're really short chapters, but they're super informative. You can also, if you prefer, look at the PowerPoints that I've uploaded. They hit the major points of the textbook chapters. And if you you see something there that you don't quite understand, you can look it up in the textbook and get more information. It can be a good way to study. I need to know what you plan on doing, whether you plan on sticking around in the classroom or doing things online. But for the most part, just start to get comfortable with the online system. I'm really looking forward to working with you this semester. I'm looking forward to listening to your speeches, to coaching you, to helping you through whatever obstacles come your way. I want you to see me as a resource, as someone who's here to support you and nothing else. Left over for this episode, I have a couple of policies that are going to be listed out. Please do one more thing. Please do look at the syllabus. It is really worth your time to peek at it. It's got the calendar in it. It shows in more detail what the different assignments will be. It's worth it to read through the syllabus. So I'll just leave you all with this. You have everything inside of you that it takes to succeed in this course. You have everything inside of you that it takes to succeed at college. You belong here at Langston University. I know a million people probably told you this already, but welcome to Langston. You're going to be a part of a good family here. Take care, email me if you have any questions, or text me over Remind, and I'll talk to you again next week. Our academic integrity policy is standard. Cheating and plagiarism can't be allowed to occur in the classroom. If clear and convincing evidence that cheating or plagiarism has occurred is shown, the instructor will take appropriate academic disciplinary action, which may include the awarding of an F on the particular assignment or in the course. The instructor will then make a report that goes to the department chair, the VP of Academic Affairs, the VP of Student Affairs, and to the student. Then the Student Disciplinary Committee will review the incident and impose conduct discipline including conduct probation and suspension, potentially. The student may, if he or she desires, discuss the matter with the Student Disciplinary Committee and or the Student Judicial Court. We also have an ADA statement, and it is as follows. Langston University fully subscribes to all required standards of the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990, ADA. Persons in need of assistance should contact the ADA Compliance Officer, Mrs. Cynthia Buckley in Human Resources, Page Hall, room 112, and her number is 405-466-3204. You'll want to get on this within the first week. By reasonably accommodating students with qualifying disabilities, Langston University strives to ensure that all students achieve access to educational opportunities. Students requesting reasonable accommodation must self-identify to the Office of Disability Services and provide appropriate diagnostic information that substantiates both the disability and the functional limitations of the disability. Such information must be obtained from a licensed and certified practitioner in the area of the disability. All requests for reasonable accommodation must be initiated prior to receiving services. The Office of Disability Services will then facilitate and coordinate the provision of services to reasonably accommodate the disability. All diagnostic information is confidential, and examples of reasonable accommodations that may be granted to qualifying students include alternative test-taking procedures and recorded lectures. A student who believes that he or she has been treated inappropriately because of his or her disability is encouraged to report the incident to the Office of Disability Services. Grounded in its rich traditions as a historically black college and university and as a land grant institution, Langston University offers quality post-secondary education to diverse populations through academic, research, community engagement, extension, and co-curricular experiences that lead to professional competence and degree completion. Langston University fosters an environment that cultivates leaders, innovators, and engaged citizens who meet the challenges of local, national, and global communities.